Hello, all. Welcome to Econo Day Unplugged on Thursday, the 2nd of February 2023. Terry Sheehan's on the East Coast. I'm Jeremy Hawkins in London. Today's podcast is a quick update on what three of the major central banks have announced this week. The Federal Reserve yesterday and both the Bank of England and the European Central Bank just a few hours ago. Financial markets seem convinced that official interest rates will be falling before the end of the year, and that despite generally hawkish policy statements from the monetary authority themselves. So who's right and and does the disconnect actually matter? So straight to Terry then. Terry, I mean, if Mr. Powell and co wanted to sell a hawkish message yesterday, it seems they didn't do a very good job. We've got the futures markets now more convinced than ever that the central bank will be easing before Christmas. Stocks moved up, bond yields fell and the dollar's lower too. So what's going on? Well, I think they're anticipating inflation to come down faster than it has been. Um, I think they may be a little premature in that. And I think they're kind of ignoring Powell's central message of, yes, the headline indications are is coming down, but there is sort of a core within the core that is still persistently showing upward price pressures. And those are areas that are not as amenable to uh, restrictive monetary policy to bring inflation down. So I, I think markets are getting a little ahead of themselves. So it is very much these, I mean, it's a similar sort of story, I must say, in Europe before we get on, get, get on to my bit. But it's very much then that you have the core inflation numbers that markets should really be looking at. Yes. And um, most Fed policymakers, particularly Powell, have been stressing this non-housing services crisis. And these are things like um, insurance costs or costs in entertainment venues or airfare, things like that. Mm -hmm. And these are still um, showing solid price gains. So uh, those are the areas we need to look at. And if those prices start coming down, then maybe we can start anticipating um, a a rate cut. So what chance then another interest rate hike at the next meeting? Or do you think we might have topped out at least for the time being? Um, it's possible we've topped out. I think we'll still get another 25 basis points in March, um, just because the the Fed will have um, one or two more uh, consumer price index reports before then. They'll have um, the employment report from January and February by then. Uh, So we'll have a much better sense of what the economy is doing in the first quarter by then. So. Uh, and that's when and the March meeting is when they'll update their forecasts. So, uh, you know, we could see some um, change of momentum in the outlook for monetary policy then. But I would really be cautious of, about it until we've seen the data. OK, I mean, looking at some of these futures, well, the, the Fed, Feds themselves seem to be talking about a five to five and a quarter percent Fed funds um, for the back end of this year. Futures are talking four and a quarter to four and a half percent. So I mean, there's quite a big gap there. I mean, almost irrespective of who might be right and who might be wrong. Indeed, they both might be wrong. I mean, do you think there's an issue about the, you know, the size of a disconnect we have now between what the central bank is trying to put forward as being the most likely case and what investors seem to be assuming? Does it sort of about fake credibility or what, what do you think the danger of that might be? Um, I think um, 
there is certainly a question there about um, not necessarily Fred credibility, but the fact that they think the Fed's wrong on their outlook for monetary policy. Uh, you know, it's a difference in the sense of the, the, how the forecasts are going. Uh, and, you know, markets are betting on their own rather than the Fed. Yeah, uh, and by some margin too. Um, yeah. All right. In terms of you know, what we should be looking at, obviously, you always talk about the employment numbers and we'll get an update on the employment situation tomorrow. Um, do you think that's still going to be you know, one of the, the, the key indicators for the FOMC as we go through the rest of the year? Yes, um, definitely. Uh, I mean, we're getting sort of contradictory information in some of the other labor market reports. I mean, this morning we came out with an initial jobless claims report mm -hmm. that was you know, reflects a very tight labor market. On the other hand, we have the private report from Challenger that says that layoff intentions are way up. So, you know, what what do we believe? Um, and um, it looks right now like we've got some weakening in the labor market, but it's a sectoral one. A lot of it's tech sector, some of it's financial sectors. Uh, but it doesn't seem to be spreading to the broader economy. So um, I, I think that makes the monthly employment situation report all the more important because it will cut through a lot of that noise. And is it a case of looking at wages as much as anything else? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the idea that um, wages are continuing to rise even as we get some improvement in overall price inflation is interesting. Uh, it, you know, I mean, we're not in a wage price spiral, which is a good thing. Um, but it also means that, you know, U.S. households are, in theory, eventually going to have more non-discretionary income. Mm -hmm. So we think it's a good thing. And again, I guess the reason for supposing that perhaps we shouldn't expect the Fed to be cutting interest rates too soon. Well, okay. the other thing is tomorrow's yep. employment report um, is we get the annually revised data for payrolls. And there's a lot of chatter about how it might be a significant downward revision for okay. the 2022 data. So it may change the the story behind the employment numbers. But in the meantime, Fed policymakers are looking at a tight labor market. Right. OK, brilliant. Thanks for that, Terry. Right. Well, let's move on then quickly to Europe and uh, the European Central Bank. Um, first, uh, a central bank which has clearly become very unhappy with what markets are supposing they'll be doing with interest rates over the course of 2023. So not only did the ECB raise its key interest rates by 50 basis points today, that was widely anticipated. That now means that we have a deposit rate at two and a half percent, the refi rate at three point naught percent and a marginal lending uh, rate up at 3.25 percent, the highest levels we've seen since 2008. 
but they also came and signaled that they intend to raise rates by exactly the same amounts once we get to the March meeting. So it really is a, a clear statement of intent, I guess, that, you know, one, they're clearly determined to get inflation under control. And two, I think, you know, really to try and send a, a stronger message to financial markets. Well, look, we haven't finished tightening yet. And you're really getting ahead of yourselves, expecting interest rates to be cut you know, by the end of the year, or at least lower interest rates by the end of the year. Currently, financial markets have uh, fully priced in at least a 25 basis point cutting key rates for, by March of 2024. Um, the other thing I suppose to take away from the, uh, the communique was that the justification for you know, the kind of forward guidance, which ostensibly they were supposed to stop doing last year, uh, signaling this increase in rates next month, is uh, underlying inflation pressures. In fact, they've actually come out and highlighted underlying, but I'm just talking about the overall HICP inflation measure, uh, highlights the fact that it's uh, you know, core pressures that we should be looking at now, as indeed we talked about previously on the podcast. So when we do get these HICP inflation reports coming out, don't worry too much about the headline numbers. Indeed, as we saw earlier on this week, they're coming down very sharply at the moment because of the, the base effects due to uh, what's been happening in the energy markets. But do keep an eye on what's going on with the cores. The ECB looks at a couple of core rates. Uh, the most narrow one, which actually stayed steady um, in the latest report, that was up at 5.2% for the flash numbers for January. So that equaled the record high we saw in December. And the other core, which um, simply excludes energy and unprocessed food, and that actually accelerated as up a tick up at 7.0%. And that's a fresh all-time high for that one. And that's the real reason, I think, you know, why the ECB is taking such a hawkish stance. Although many in the market seem to be getting excited by the fact that headline inflation has come down very quickly. These core rates, if anything are still moving in the wrong direction and so long as that's the case ecb interest rates are certainly more likely to go up than they are to go down um, indeed it may well be the case we see uh, interest rates going up and maintaining those levels through the rest of the year and perhaps even going up rather higher the markets are currently discounting um, in terms of the rest of the communique and what uh, President Lagarde had to say at today's meeting, there was nothing particularly new, just confirming that the the passive quantitative tightening program that they announced would be happening what last meeting in December, that will start um, as previously planned at the beginning of March time. And that will include uh, 15 billion euros worth on average of monthly um, of contraction in the balance sheet via runoffs. And that will run through to June time uh, when they'll have a look at it and decide what sort of pace of reduction they want to introduce thereafter. Um, through to the Bank of England then, another 50 basis points um, in my part of the world too. Uh, again, largely discounted as far as financial markets were concerned. So that takes a UK bank rate up to 4.0%. And that's the 10th increase we've had at the Bank of England in 10 meetings. Um, what else can we say about it? Well, looking at the text and what the bank had to say about it, it does seem that we're getting pretty well near the top end of interest rates in the UK now. Um, they came out with a new monetary policy report, which upstate, updates their economic forecasts. That showed, a, well, I suppose, a good combination of uh, slightly less weak growth and also lower inflation. Both of those changes really coming down to the, the sharp slide we've seen in energy prices over the course of the last few weeks, or at least the last few months. Um, that seems now to uh, yeah, put the bank, bank on certainly a less hawkish footing anyway. 
Uh, they use the, the kind of standard issued talk now that central banks come out with certainly data dependent in terms of what they do next. But whereas previously they kind of alluded to the fact they thought interest rates would have to go higher. I didn't really say that in today's statement. Now, it's certainly quite possible that we could see another 25 basis points when we get into the March meeting. But I think the idea of another 50 basis point move is, is certainly pretty slim now. And there's a good chance we might not see any further move at all. Also increasing the probability of just that is that we saw another fairly wide split vote in terms of what they did today. So we had seven members voting for 50 basis points, but the two dubs who voted for no change in December again voted for no change this time. And I think given the way they've revised down the inflation forecasts in, the, in their economic outlook, it means there's less justification for further tightening at this stage. So I think it could be the case subject to the data, certainly, or perhaps no change in interest rates in March and have a look at the data and see how things come in um, as we go through the rest of the year. That said, we should mention that uh, wage is very much a key focus as far as the Bank of England is concerned. And at this stage, we're still talking about regular earnings growth, if you like, underlying earnings growth in the UK uh, at record levels outside of the, the COVID period, which distorted a lot of the data. And that's clearly a concern for more hawkish members of the Monetary Policy Committee. So we need to keep an eye on those, of course, uh, in the UK, across a wide range of industries at the moment, there are strikes taking place over wage rates and dependent upon what comes out of those could have uh, fairly significant implications for the outlook for policy over the rest of the year. Currently, the government's sticking to its guns and essentially trying to keep wage rates down with a view to reducing inflation. Um, but certainly there seems to be a fair amount of support for a lot of the unions, which suggests that they might still cave in if we were to see these pay agreements going up to inflation levels, then that's certainly going to keep inflation that much higher for that much longer, which means that either the bank will have to raise interest rates again, or certainly it won't be able to come out and cut. So a bit like with the ECB, financial markets in the UK are anticipating a cut in rates, at least by the end of this year. That could yet prove to be a little bit too optimistic. We'll have to wait and see. OK, then, I well, guess that's it for the big three banks as far as this week's concerned. Um, what can we say? Well, the central banks might speak for now, at least, though, financial markets don't seem to be paying too much attention. So it is it is a disconnect, which I suspect will just won't sit too well with the authorities, but one that might yet prove investors right. Time will tell. In any event, ultimately, it will be the economic data that determine what actually happens. So do make sure that you keep up to date with all of the key statistics and indeed the other market moving events in Econoday's global economic calendar. And with that, on behalf of Terry and me, thanks as always for listening. We hope to see you next time. Bye for now.